Good evening, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Team by team capsules. We are up to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I would say, Wiz, uh, when I look at this offense and this team, I, I don't think any team in the league exasperated me more than following the play calling of the Las Vegas Raiders and the production and how it impacted fantasy. You know, this was a high, believe it or not, number 10 in the NFL in yardage, but number 19 in scoring. I don't know, John Gruden, sometimes it looked like he just wasn't getting it on that sideline, Wiz. What's funny about the Raiders when you think about them last year, and I could be wrong about this because obviously, you know, I don't remember every game, but if you think about the season last year, I think a case could be made that the Raiders won and lost the the two craziest games of the year. The game of winning on the last play against the Jets when they decided to blitz. And the game against Miami, where they had it won, and on the the next to last play, they roughed Fitzpatrick, and they gave up a sideline bomb that the clock stopped and allowed them to get into field goal range. So I know you had a future bet on the Raiders with their win total. Boy, did they take you on a wild ride with that bet. First of all, I will not be going anywhere near that. If anything, I I take the under. Um, But yeah, I actually won that bet on that crazy jet play. Uh, I didn't deserve to win it. I thought the Raiders were wildly inefficient. I think the coaching staff, uh, and I could argue that the GM decisions that have been made the few last few years have been very questionable. And, you know, I come into this year, I, I lack complete confidence in John Gruden as a head coach in this day and age in the NFL to get things done. You know, I just don't see the, the, the level of efficiency here. And by the way, when you look at what Carr did last year as a quarterback, he actually had his one of his best seasons ever. And we know he has an elite weapon in Darren Waller. Last year he was able to extend a lot of plays with, with uh, Nelson Aguilar down the field. He's, he's now gone. But, but Carr last year actually had a very good season. I don't blame Carr for what happened. I just look at the play calling in this team, and I just wonder how players are used. And I think that, you, we, that, that could go for any player here, whether it's Jacobs, Waller, Hunter Renfro, uh, Henry Ruggs. There, there's a lot of question marks here. And look, the Raiders don't have a great defense. Uh, they used to have a really good offensive line. They've ripped that apart. So there's question marks around that. And I think coming into this season from a fantasy perspective, you know, as much as I love a guy like Waller, you know, I look at other pieces here, and I think you're definitely taking some chances on drafting Las Vegas Raiders because. First off, we know they're going to be behind, right, in a lot of games. The defense is not very good. And they play in this division where there's definitely some elite offensive talent when you're talking about the Chargers and the Chiefs. But, you know, I, I don't know. From a fantasy perspective, I, I, you know, I've I certainly made my, dec- my decree about the running back situation, and we'll get out into that shortly. I think Derek Carr makes for a very good backup quarterback, a number two quarterback, certainly not a front liner. And I think, like I said, he had a very, very good and efficient year. But I'm just not trusting the coaching staff here and what they do offensively week in and week out. Yeah, and I'm right with you with Carr. I have him as a, as a number two quarterback, but I like him as that number two quarterback uh, in, in draft formats. I'm going to try and get him in leagues where I'm drafting two quarterbacks as my second quarterback. Because if I draft a young guy um, as my number one quarterback, or if I draft a steady guy as my number one quarterback, I think Carr is the perfect complement because he will have these games. 
I don't know what it is against Kansas City, but it looks like the Raiders have the blueprint to scoring 40 points when they're playing Kansas City. And I'd like to start them in those games and some of these shootouts that they're going to be in. So I'm right with you. I like Carr. I think he's a terrific quarterback to the draft. Yeah, obviously, for all the reasons you mentioned, you don't want to draft him as your number one quarterback, but I think he's a terrific option as uh, a fantasy football quarterback number two backup for the season. Yeah, and I think, you know, you look at his numbers, right? 27 touchdowns, only nine picks, right? He had a number of 300-yard games, I think, aside from the game in which he got hurt on, and that's one point I actually want to talk about. Uh, If you remember that game late in the year uh, where uh, Derek Carr got hurt, and their backup quarterback is one of the more interesting guys. I think it changes the schemes and what they do. Uh, but when you when you look at that situation, and we're talking about uh, Marcus Mariota, who who came into that game last year and just went wild. Uh, again, he's they're going to do things differently, obviously, uh, as opposed to when Derek Carr is in there. But that was a game late in the season. They were playing against the Chargers, and Mariota went wild in that game. And I think this is one of those situations where, you know, if something would have happened to Derek Carr, you know, the, the Raiders system changes a little bit, and Marcus Mariota could be one of those more intriguing waiver wire pickups. Just just something to keep in mind. But I do really love Derek Carr as a number two quarterback. I think he's, he's prototypical number two. I I think he's one of the guys that I probably have the most confidence in. Uh, you know, when I look at number two quarterbacks, I think he fits that mold perfectly. Yeah, and as we move to the running back spot, I don't know what to make of this situation. I, I, I'm completely have given up on trying to figure out what they're going to do with Josh Jacobs. Uh, and, you know, it just appeared that he was all set for you know the workhorse. He was disappointing. I, you know, doing my my first go around of the rankings, I had Josh Jacobs as a number as running back two, and Kenyon Drake as a flex spot uh, potential. Um, I, I don't trust the situation. I don't know what they're going to do. But that's how I see it. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, very, very tempted to just take a pass on on all of these weighted guys. See Darren Waller, of course. But um, I don't know how you view the running back situation. I don't trust it. A very tepid pick of, um, for me, Jacobs running back too, and Kenyon Drake flex play. Yeah. So you know. Uh, I, I don't know. Right now, you got to start questioning this, why the Raiders made the decision to bring Drake in there. Now, granted, we know the running back position is used a lot more differently. You know, is there is there a confidence lacking in, in Jacobs in your eyes? I don't know. I, I'm I'm wondering. I, I don't like the way the player was used. I think he was off the field too much last year. I think at times with Devontae Booker was in there as a second running back. He actually looked like he was running harder and more effectively. I did mention at the top of the podcast that this offensive line is being reworked. So that's another factor. I'm not going to be drafting Los Angeles Raider, sorry, Las Vegas Raider uh, uh, running backs. I'm just, I've I've declared that I'm not doing it. Uh, I just, I don't like the usage. I think the players are, are not used properly. This is the way Gruden wants to use it. And you bring Drake into this situation. And like I said, at times last year, to me, Booker looked more effective uh, than Jacobs. So it's I'm avoiding the Raider running backs coming into this season. Yep, and I can completely understand that. Uh, you know, it's difficult when you just don't have confidence in, you know, how the usage of the player. Where, you know, if you just feel a player is going to be used and now you're just trying to evaluate talent and, and game flow and all of that, that's one thing. But when you're just not quite sure what's going to happen and how the coach is going to use uh, these players, um, it makes 
for it very, very difficult. And uh, speaking of difficult, trying to pass through these Raider wide receivers, uh, I know you and I both like uh, Smokey Brown um, coming over from Buffalo. Uh, missed a lot of the season last year. He's had these type of injuries. But when he plays, he's very, very good. Um, Rugs and Renfro and Edwards, I don't know. I don't have any of these guys on the regular draft formats as even starters. I don't have any of them even as wide receiver three uh, because, again, uh, I don't trust any of it. And uh, it's just going to be a big pass for me as far as the Raiders' passes, pass catches go at the wide receiver spot. Yeah, and I, so uh, it's tricky. I think you know they you know, Brian Edwards was hyped up last year as well. Uh, never was able to get on the field, injured a lot. Uh, Rugs either injured or ineffective last year. Like we like we talked about Aguilar was the most effective guy. I could easily see. Aguilar uh, numbers being replicated by someone like Smokey Brown, but it takes time to develop a little bit of rapport, though it looks like Carr and Aguilar were able to get on the same page, and, and Smokey Brown can be that type of player. He's been productive as an NFL player, so that, that's the situation I will be watching. I think Hunter Renfro, given Derek Carr's uh, skill set, is, is, is someone that should be able to catch 70 balls in this offense, not necessarily for a lot of yardage. I think I'm frustrated again. Player usage doesn't make sense to me, but I think it should be a very effective weapon here. I think he caught 55, 60 balls last year, a couple of touchdowns, but I think he could be used a little bit more. There were some games where they did not even look at Hunter Renfro's way, and you know he has one. He has one of the better sets of hands in the league. I just think another one of these players that not used effectively by the Raiders. I mean, I just don't understand it. I just don't understand his snap count these last, you know, especially last year. He had a, he came on strong the last couple of games of 2019. I, I don't get it. You know, you draft a slot player like that. He was terrific in college. Uh, Deshaun, you know, Watson looked for him uh, early and often. Uh, you know, when he was at Clemson, he, he played great against Alabama, who had a lot of pro players on their defense. I don't understand. Why don't you see whether you have the next, the next Wes Welker in the slot or the next Adam Humphreys in the slot. And the only way you could judge which one of those guys he could you know, be closer to as a player is to play him. You know, play him most of the game. I just don't understand, you know, what he's done to be benched a lot of the time and being played so infrequently. I don't understand it. And it's just another reason why I just can't trust any of these pass catches who's not wearing 83 on the Raiders. I just, I just don't trust him. Yeah, and 83 is a formidable uh, offensive weapon here. You know, Wiz and I were on this player a couple of years ago. Uh, we can st- continue to stay on that wagon. I would argue he was even undervalued in some drafts last year. Uh, that's not going to be the case this year. I think they managed to find him in the, in the red zone a lot more. They were not afraid. Derek Carr was not afraid to throw him the ball and let him go up and get it. And I think we're going to be seeing the same thing. This offense is going to center around Darren Waller, and it should. He's an Amazing story, if you don't know about it. Uh, drafted out of Georgia Tech as a wide receiver. Baltimore Ravens, drug problems, able to overcome those demons thus far. And has been miraculous in the last couple of seasons as the Raider tight end. And really, you know, last year he was the number two in terms of fantasy production. Uh, you know, between Kittle, Kelsey, and Darren Waller. That's the conversation of elite tight ends. Uh, and I think Darren Waller will continue to expand upon his prowess in the NFL. 
Yeah, and I've seen uh, in a bunch of these snake drafts people taking Waller ahead of Kittle, and uh, you know I can I can understand it. I really really can understand it. Uh, he just is an elite player with an elite skill set. He can't be covered. Uh, he's too big and strong for you know you want to pull put small cornerbacks on him and he's too fast and athletic if you want to put a bigger or a linebacker a bigger cornerback or a linebacker on him he's just you know a nightmare to cover um so he's the sure thing on that offense uh he's being drafted either as the overall tight end two or overall tight end three and i don't blame people that take him ahead of kittle um you know that's that's kind of a choice uh personal preference type thing i think that's very very close but uh down wall is exceptional and uh there's not much more to add to it uh you know except to say that uh he's the one guy on that raiders offense that uh you could feel good about from fantasy fantasy football perspective yeah, and I guess, you know, Waller, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, he is going to be option one here. There's no there's no question about it. And like I said, they managed to look at him in the red zone. I think in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, was he, I think he only had two or three touchdowns, right? Uh, I yeah. think, if I'm not mistaken, I think last year that it certainly changed in the way they used the player. Yeah, I just want to, I mean, We'll talk about you know defense and Daniel Carlson in a second, but I don't know if you remember that crazy game uh, at the end of the year. The Raiders played the Chargers, and um, um, I think the game went to overtime. And the Raiders at the end of the game, you know, had a fourth down play like around the three yard line, and Darren Waller was on the bench for that play. And I don't know. I'm not sure if John Gruden wants to coach anymore. He's looking to get back into the broadcast booth, but uh, it's it's it's. Is decisions like that that just you know make me wonder, and uh, it just keeps me from from drafting any of those other Raider players. Yeah, no, I agree. And at the end of the season, you know, I, I remember that play. And if I'm not mistaken, on that play, didn't the fullback? That was what the play was. Yep. 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 <laughs> A bootleg, and he ended up throwing into the fullback. I mean, you know, just I don't care if there's four guys on Waller. Your season's on the line. Whatever's on the line, throw the ball. Throw the, throw the ball to the guy. Yeah, and, and, and last year, look, he, he had 146 targets. He's gonna get. He's gonna get. If he's on the field, he's getting thrown to double-digit targets. I think in seven or eight games last year. I think we'll continue to see that happen. He did have nine touchdowns last year, which was a big difference in the year before. But yeah, John, that play was nuts. I could not believe it. I was screaming my head off. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, you, you don't want to see situations like that happen. He's their best weapon. He needs to be on the field. And I'll tell you something. Yeah, you know, of course. I you know you, you're not going to draft the Raiders defense in, in any format. You may want to stream them one week if you think they have a good matchup. You don't want to be going up against Herbert and Mahomes four times. So their defense, you know, is is not a defense that I'll be looking at. But Daniel Carlson was another bright spot for the for the Raiders, who made 33 of 35 field goals, four for four from 50 plus. He had a terrific year, and uh, you know the offense is good. And, you know, you have a, a coach that's willing to send them out there. Um, you know, I think Daniel Carlson is in the conversation to be drafted as a top 12 kicker. How do you feel about that? Well, your Vikings gave up on that play. Your Vikings have been searching for a kicker for, for the last 10 years, and they gave up on Carlson. He's the tallest kicker in the league. I think he's six foot five, but he was unbelievable last year. I actually picked him up in two leagues last year. On waiver wires, kind of midway through the season, I was dealing with guys that were just not kicking consistently. And Carlson ended up being
being a real bright spot for me as the season wore on. Like, to your point, uh, not afraid to use the player. He, they, you know, not afraid to put him out there on 40 and 50 yarders. And he made a bunch of kicks last year in an offense that at times does bog down in the red zone. No question about it. And the last time a Vikings field goal made a field goal kicker made a clutch kick was probably Fred Cox in the old Metropolitan Stadium outdoors in a, a blizzard in 80 degrees. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you about that. They don't know what they're doing there. All right. Very good. Well, Gurren was Fantasy Football Podcast. That's a wrap on the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll see what they can do, if they can do things better this year. Uh, I'm not a believer at the moment, Wiz. Uh, you're going to have to prove it to me. Uh, so probably not a lot of Raiders on my teams outside of Waller. Uh, look forward to catching up, though, next on the Los Angeles Chargers. You got it. 